what's up everything klaus is playing in the other room so i have to make this intro quick the trade deadline came and went ivan barbashev left the blues jacob Vrana and kasperi kapanen joined and we've got a lot to talk about so let's get started and let's go klaus Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Saturday, March 4th, and we are here as the dust has settled on one of the most explosive NHL trade deadline periods in recent memory, but certainly the boringest by far NHL trade deadline day in recent memory, in which ironically the St. Louis Blues of all teams made, I would say, at least the top three most exciting move and maybe the most exciting move of the day. We'll talk about all of that ahead, but first, joining me from his hovel in St. Louis, Missouri, his <laughs> sick bed, recovering from some kind of god-awful infection or virus or God knows what, it's Ian Peters. Ian, how are you doing today? I've I've finally started washing my hands for the first time in my life. <laughs> Someone told me that was probably a good idea, maybe keep me from getting sick, and I said, I don't put my hands in my mouth, so I don't really see what the fucking problem is. <laughs> not a baby wash them and immediately got sick i shower they get washed you know so just don't worry about it (laughs) your problem listen listen don't fucking ask questions they get washed okay it's not like i'm not a i'm not a pod person (laughs) yeah right on a podcast not a pod person that's right (laughs) come on oh geez uh i would like ian to start with a very heartfelt public service announcement this is for any uh, furniture company CEOs that might be listening to this podcast. I assume there are many. Um, mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Just use real screws. Okay? True we've, all, we've all got a Phillips head screwdriver in our house. Every single person that's buying your shitty furniture has a Phillips head screwdriver easily accessible to them. Just give them that. Just use that because... <laughs> This thing, it's not cutting it, okay? It's shitty. It's awful. It, I know you saw Ikea and you're like, oh, what a cool gimmick. They've got a little Swedish tool for everything. Yeah, it was a cool gimmick in 1996. Now we're over it. Please use real tools. Also, by the way, they don't make power Allen wrenches, okay? But they do make power screwdrivers. And I could have been done with this shoe rack 85 years ago, literally 85 years ago, if you just let me use a real uh, tool for the job. So um, that's all I have to say about that. And speaking of tools for the job, the Vegas Golden Knights acquired the tool that they felt they <laughs> needed for the job of winning a Stanley Cup when they traded for Ivan Barbashev. I've, our podcast schedule has been crazy lately. I'm sorry that we haven't been able to uh, get together more to talk about moves like this and the build up to the trade deadline. But here we are, the Blues traded Ivan Barbashev, I believe last Saturday, Sunday. Last Sunday, I think. Yeah. I want to say. For uh, Zach Dean of the Vegas Golden Knights, a first round pick in 2021, number 30 overall. Um, A lot of people, I would say, were disappointed by this return because they felt like, you know, it's just a prospect. It's not a first round pick. They don't know much about Dean. Um, 
I would say we traded Ivan Barbashev for Ivan Barbashev. <laughs> it feels very much like uh, we traded a, a expiring contract that we could potentially get back in the offseason for a player that has a lot of the same tools. Armstrong says we were able to get a player we liked in his draft year fits into that age group. When you're going into a situation like uh, you are looking for recently drafted players, NHL players who are young or picks sort of in that order. He's a good player in the Quebec major junior hockey league, checks a lot of boxes and skating character tenacity, and he's going to turn pro next year. We believe that's a good addition for us. He's 19 years old, six foot 176 pounds. He shoots left-handed uh, he's much like Barbashev in that he's uh, a center, but probably projects as a winger in the NHL or maybe in that kind of split role that Barbashev mm-hmm. has done at times. Uh, his skating is average. His puck skills are average. His hockey sense is average. His compete is above average and his shot is above average. Sorry, his hockey sense is below NHL average, oh, which boy. is rare for the Blues. He's a dummy. Um, that's all according to is this Scott Wheeler or uh, Corey Promen? I think Corey Promen. Okay, um, yeah. He also added Dean didn't have an overly productive QMJHL season, but I still think you have to like the way he plays. Dean's game is fast and direct with a high motor in his shifts. He has good skills and can shoot the puck, but I don't know if he's ever going to be a true play driver in the NHL and put up big numbers. I think his game is well-rounded enough. He can be a middle six forward, though. Whether it's at center or wing is still to be determined. Ian, what were your initial takeaways on the uh, Barbashev departure and the Zach Dean pickup? Also, I mean, Zach Dean, by the way, about as boring an NHL game as you're ever going to find. Very uh, 2012 uh, Los Angeles Kings when they had like Brown oh, God, and Lewis yeah. and Johnson. Carter. And there's like Carter. Carter like, oh, my Richards. God. Yeah, I was like, oh, God, this is as boring as you can get. Um, you know, Jay McClement. Jay McClement type. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, one time, one time hat trick scoring Jay McClement. Um, that's right. You should be so lucky as for this player to develop into you. That's right. Who we can only hope he's Jay McClement. <laughs> you could be the next Jay McClement. Oh, God. There's a generation uh, of Blues fans that have no clue who we're talking about that makes me happy we're finally the old guys i mean that won't uh, make me happy in the abstract <laughs> but like in the specific moment of like i know an old random hockey player that other people don't know that kind of makes me happy yeah does anyone raise remember? your hand if you're one of the cat raise your paw <laughs> if you know who <laughs> equipment is about bj crombie what about oh, uh, brad winchester that's a, that's professional accountant BJ Crombie. I know professional accountant BJ Crombie, who apparently like doesn't like to openly talk about being in the he NHL ever. Being an NHL player, he talks about it like he like got out of a cult. I'm like, what? Is it that bad, <laughs> BJ? Um, I I'll be honest. I was kind of hoping for a first round pick for Barbashev, just given the fact that that was kind of um, talked a lot about on he Twitter from different talking heads. I mean, it was it was. A little bit of a long shot, but just because it was talked about at all, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe. Was probably honestly thinking more of like a second round pick for him. But <clears throat> excuse me, getting Zach Dean though, I mean, he was like you said, a first overall or a first round pick in 2021, and it seems like the Blues really like him as a player and like liked him in his draft year, like Armstrong said. So at least it's not like they're just grabbing some random player off of the golden knights and calling it done like this is probably the best prospect that they grabbed in this whole um 
trade deadline, you know, like yeah, by far, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, as we'll talk about, like Kapan and Verona are like actual NHL players, but like of the people we grabbed in the the uh O'Reilly trade or the Tarasenko trade, this is the guy that's probably most likely to make the team and the soonest too. Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like he's going to be a third line guy, third line winger, third line center, or something like that. But you need those guys too, right? So yeah, I think that fills in and kind of helps. He'll probably compete a little bit with like Alexandrov in a year or two, or or guys like that that are going to be trying to push for that bottom six role. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I think it's a a win win just because obviously this is something or Barbershop is somebody that the golden Knights needed just in like a, a sort of Swiss army knife guy. And like you said, we kind of get back, <coughs> excuse me. We kind of get back a guy that is essentially just a all podcast. Folks. I know. I'm sorry, folks. You're it's getting, you're getting sick. Along. You're getting sick through. Did your, you want illness ASMR? Because that's what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I can really uh, hawk up some goo. I did that this morning. You do that when you're sick. Oh, and yeah. You're like, you're, Oh yeah petrified by yourself but you're also like yeah that's right get that shit yeah, out of me exactly uh, it's the same oof. it's that weird feeling of like oh that's glory and it's like so the top nice. and the bottom at the same time yeah i'm like oh it's so gross but thank god <laughs> um but yeah i don't know it was it was a good it was a good pickup i didn't think this was like bad at all um especially because like what he was 30 picked 30th in 2021 this mm-hmm. pick if we got a first round pick for Barbashev, we're probably picking, you know, 20s and early 20s or later, anyways. And it's like you're probably going to be picking up a guy just like Zach Dean, anyhow. So just like Zach Dean, but two years farther, less developed. Yeah, exactly. So, like, this is, I think this plays really well into, as we'll talk about, like the transition period the Blues are going into. I like think he'll play an actual role in there. Yeah. One thing people don't talk about um, at times like these a lot, too, is like, you get Zach Dean and you probably think, well, his ceiling doesn't seem to be that high. And that's true. But like his floor is pretty well established. Like it's pretty obvious that he's going to be a bottom or middle six NHL player. And if you draft a guy at the 28th pick, let's say in this year's draft, there's no guarantee that you're getting a 20, you know, a bottom or middle tier NHL player. And sure, maybe you can get David Pasternak or Robert Thomas or somebody like that, but the odds are against it. Mm-hmm. So like you're taking a gamble that has a maybe slightly higher possible range of outcomes, but much lower range of outcomes. Right. I think when I look at Dean too, it's like he's going to slot right in with that group of Bulldog and, and, um, neighbors and snuggerood and be kind of like in that arrival time yeah um i think like a lot of people i would have loved if this had been a defensive prospect like even a even a second or third pairing deep prospect kind of guy like i you know we just have so few of those mm-hmm. but with prospects it's also quantity over it can be quantity over quality at times because obviously you're not going to get some superstar prospect in a trade for Ivan Barbashev. If you thought we should, that just wasn't going to happen. So I'm sorry to tell you that, but like, you know, so I think I'm happy enough with what we got. It's pretty clear. And we'll talk about this throughout, um, throughout the podcast, especially when we talk about the Brenna and, and uh, cabinet additions, but it's pretty clear now that Doug does not view this as a one-year turnaround process. 
and yeah. definitely is is starting to try and build a core of guys that will be you know that kind of next era of when Perron and Bergwind and and Bacchus and Oshi and all those guys came up around the same time obviously you hope that it's not to that same degree where you have to sink as low oh yeah that team sank but the reality is and this is another thing we can talk about I'll, I'll read this quote from him here because we might have you know well I'm sure we'll get back around to it but this is as low as the team has sunk since then you know <laughs> Armstrong said to Andy Strickland he said I've never had a top 10 pick it's not something you want to have a lot of but it's interesting to have one now uh, we're there this year and we have to really do our work to make sure we get good players. The faith that I have in the scouting staff is off the charts. And like, that's the thing. We haven't picked this high until since this team drafted Alex Petrangelo, you know, like it's not, it's not a couple years. It's not a couple, you know, it's, it's a big deal that we're already this low. The team looks fucking awful. I mean, they, I know people are joking about, oh, they'll never win again. Obviously, they'll win at some point, probably tonight. But like, they won, they won against the Sharks. That's right. Unfortunately, but like, um, true. But um, <laughs> but they look awful. They're they're no good, and uh, it's just riding the rest of the season out, trying to pump up that pick. Maybe you get insanely lucky and get into the lottery. Probably you don't, but like a number eight overall pick, a number six overall pick, a number nine overall pick, number 11, that's going to be a better pick than you've had in a decade plus. And mm -hmm. like, like Armstrong said, the next decade starts now, you know, so uh, it's going to be very interesting to watch. So anything more you'd like to say on the Barbashev edition? Um, I'll miss Barbashev, you know, like he was a, a great player in the cup run as i think a lot of people talked about last sunday just him and steen and sunquist on that fourth line real identity line as people like to say um he'll be missed but i think too he might also have the best chance of anybody of coming mm -hmm. back like given what cap space we have and what our need is at this point of needing like a top nine but not necessarily top six forward and it's like i don't know i could see I could see if he really liked the blues still and didn't have like offers out the butt in terms of like money that we could offer him. Like, I don't know if he's going to be UFA. So maybe it comes out to being something like 3.75 or whatever for a couple of years. But like, I could see him coming back, honestly, like I'm, I'm kind of divorcing myself from the idea that O'Reilly is coming back here at all, which is fine. But I'm just mm -hmm. like, well, maybe Barbara will be that guy, but he was a he was a favorite of mine because I remember people talking about him in his draft year and being like, "Oh, I hope the Blues really get this guy." And I was like, "Oh, you know, people say that about lots of players." Mm -hmm. But then when it came to pick, he was still there, and they they took him. I was like, "Oh, cool!" And I yeah. think he was the same draft as Fabry, and I want to say I was like, you know, really amped for Fabry, and I was like, "Well, Barbashev works out," you know that'll be good too. And it turns out of both of them, at least for the blues, Barbershop worked out better. And I was like, oh, okay, that's yeah. a surprise from what I thought like nine years ago, but um, yeah, he'll be missed, but I think Doug did a really good job on the return. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he, he did what he had to do. And really it, since we don't have any more kind of selling trades to look at, 
you look at the big picture of of tearing the team down and the man actually did it you know he actually went mm. out and traded all of these guys i would say we couldn't have expected him to get more value than he got he got two first round picks a first round prospect and a bunch of other crap for three ufas you know basically five Mm. ufas but three ufas really that mattered and i think you have to credit him this is a process i mean it's always tough in this situation because like part of you wants to say well he put himself in this situation and i definitely think he did but then there's also the reality that like he put himself in this situation after building a Stanley Cup winning team. Mm. So like, it's not like, you know, the Sharks were good for a lot of years and then they stayed bad longer than they needed to because of mismanagement. Right. And they didn't put themselves in this situation or they did put themselves in this situation, but they didn't get the job done that they wanted to get. We did. It's not, I was thinking about this. I never tweeted it. I was going to tweet it. Sorry, I accidentally muted myself, but uh <laughs> I think, you know, as much as it sucks to start this process, to me, it's really exciting too, because like now we at least have a direction. I think, I think it dates back to even last year where we were talking about this team and we were just like, pick a direction, please. And even just pick any direction. We don't care where you're going. You know, if you're competing, if you're selling, it doesn't matter, but just pick one and actually live into that direction rather than trying to stick where you're at and stay, you know, in the middle. And I think we did make a decision. We chose to sell off. We chose to make the hard calls. And now that we've initiated that process, you hope this is the bottom and maybe next year is the bottom, but like, I don't think the bottom is in the distant future. And I think that's, Mm -hmm. that's what you managed to do by, admitting where you were at this season, selling off and not making more mistakes than you've already made. You know, you could have, you could have really convinced yourself that you had enough to go for one last run and kept players that you shouldn't have kept. And and by trading who they traded, they avoided doing that. So. Yeah. I was going to say like, we definitely were, I mean, it, it seems so simple to say now because it's happened, but we didn't know that, he was that Armstrong was going to pull the shoot. Like mm-hmm. he could have easily signed O'Reilly to some gross contract and been like, Hey man, he was our captain. He was, you know, Con Smythe winner. Can't just let that go. You know, that's a lot of experience. And he could have, you know, Tarasenko walks, but then, you know, or yeah, he could have kept Tarasenko because he's like, Hey, you know, we're, we think we can try and make a push here. And then he just walks and we get nothing for him. And, that was a <coughs> excuse me that was a big fear um so like like you said credit to him for actually like recognizing that this team just didn't have it um especially given that there were a lot of fans that were kind of 50 50 even you know at christmas time like eh, we'll see you know maybe they'll pull it, pull it together in the second half or whatever but credit to him for being in the room and saying like now nah, this just this is just ain't gonna happen um and seeing the reality of like needing a I don't know. I mean, it's not a, it's not really a soft reset in the sense that like you got rid of like some big players granted, you know, they were UFAs. So it's like, they were, you know, they were out the door either way, but like you, it's not like you just got rid of Achari and Mikola and you're like, well, you know, we trimmed around the edges. It's like, you got rid of like a 
a big piece of the core here. Um, so like, I don't know, it's a re it's a retool at the lightest sense, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's definitely feels rebuild, much more like, yeah, re whatever you call it what you want, Steven mm -hmm. retrench, retool, re rewatch, rehash all the other re's. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, it's easy to say now that it, like, of course he was going to do this, but like, he definitely didn't have to, or he, there's, there's GMs and you, you know, who they are that uh, definitely wouldn't have done this. Mm -hmm. would have said, you know what? I, I don't want, or, or owners even right. Owners that are out there that would be like, you know what? We don't do that shit here. We don't retool, re whatever. We're competitors. So go like out and get me freaking JVR. Look at the flyers. I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anytime someone's like, we're not rebuilding, and you're like looking at that team, you're like, this is a dumpster. You're going to have mm -hmm. to rebuild, like, to, to be anything. Vancouver, essentially. We can talk about them later, but like they sold and then they also like bought. And it's mm -hmm. like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, well, we're not rebuilding. And it's like, oh, in, infuriating <laughs> it's like, it really is so long very long winded way of saying good job doug you did good doug and to his credit i mean we can kind of talk about these guys now here is like not only did he sell and get rid of everybody need to get rid of get some like pretty good assets in their place in terms of picks prospects whatever um but he's actually set this team up really nicely to transition like for a guy that goes out and signs people for too long for too much money pretty much as a achilles heel right he's actually gone out and gotten two players that are young and he didn't extend them and he and he's his whole point is that they're only going to be here for another year and if they don't work out see a you know sort of thing it's mm -hmm. like oh turned a new leaf have we doug <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's a that's an interesting transition point to our next topic because the couple of ads that they did make uh, are I would call them lottery tickets on a couple of players. Um, it's it's both I think an admission of where we are and just flatly saying we don't expect to be competing for a cup next year, um, but it's also a couple of lottery ticket players that hey if they gel and really work out here, then, um, and this, I would include uh, Sammy Boy in this camp as well, who we gave a one-year contract to. I don't even know if that's in the notes, but we did do it. Um, if these guys work out in this season and, and do a good job, then uh, as Ian strips for the camera, uh, <laughs> you didn't hear me say that you were stripping for the camera, didn't you? Um, but yeah, we added Kasperi Kapanen off waivers. I'm back. And then traded Jacob Brana as well, uh, traded for Jacob Brana as well. Kapanen, Armstrong said, we get a player who's motivated or should be motivated. He was a high pick. He got traded for a first round pick. And for whatever reason, he didn't get the footing recently in Pittsburgh. And I'm sure there's enough responsibility for everyone involved to share in his view and in Pittsburgh's view. We just felt good to get, we just felt getting a player in here at his age that has a lot to prove that has a contract for next year. So we don't have to go searching the market this year as we retool. And we have a player that we know the cost of. I don't see a lot of risk in it. Uh, there's a lot of upside in it for him and for us. 
Uh, inter- I don't remember. I couldn't tell you who the last player the Blues added on waivers was. Um, yeah, but it's been a while, while, and this is a big swing. I think it's given the con cap hit he has. I think he's currently our fourth highest played paid forward uh, at three point two million, which you know says a lot about our forward group as well. But <laughs> and will next season will be uh, he'll be I guess sixth behind Kyrou and uh, Thomas, who will jump up there above him. But definitely, um, definitely a surprise move. I'm pretty happy about it. I like. Kapanen as a player, he's from that golden era of uh, the Steve Dangle podcast where I didn't mm. find the whole thing intolerable and they were still hopeful and, you know, weren't a, a capitalist empire of, of <laughs> disgust. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't expect this to be a home run or anything, but if he plays pretty well um, and, you know, finds a fit here, then you could definitely see him re-signing here for a couple more years and and being a piece you know he's got the speed he's got the skill he just has to find that um drive and determination he made a really nice little breakout and uh scored on the empty netter on uh in the game against san jose so i don't know i'm i'm pleasantly happy with it how do you feel about kavanagh yeah i was a little surprised that they grabbed him just because like you said it's been forever since they grabbed someone off waivers i mean normally just because their their lineup so set and they're playing so well that a they don't need anybody and b if they wanted someone they're so far up the standings that they're never going to be able to claim somebody um mm. yeah i think if i can i think this is a tidy bit of business done by doug armstrong um this is very kind of out of left field but it was it's it's what they need they they need someone for the rest of this season to be able to play in like a top nine role they needed somebody next season um because again they lost o'reilly and tarasenko and achari um in their forward group and they you know obviously didn't really replace any of them they they just have <laughs> open holes there and the problem is you don't really have um guys down in the hl to call up developmentally right like mm-hmm. you can call ahl guys up that are like will bitten and stuff and you're like this guy's not a prospect and you could have ridden the season out with those guys too and be like eh, you're not really doing anything are you it's like it's smart to bring somebody in who's an nhl player who's here for another year who you can like give a chance to and actually say for the next 20 games we can actually like watch you and keep an eye on you and see what we need to improve with you or what we need to do and like we can get a head start on your development with this team um, rather than just kind of like waste a roster spot. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's really smart because then again, he's, he's what he's had a 44 point season. Granted that was like four years ago, but I mean, he's like a 30, 30 point guy should be like probably your, your right wing on your third line, ideally, but you know, can move up and down a little bit here and there has speed um makes as we'll call probably some some boneheaded moves you know maybe or maybe he didn't throw a stick at one point or another in his, in his career at somebody <laughs> maybe hey you know Braden shin once palmed a puck and chucked it down ice and now he's a franchise legend so maybe he is or in maybe his he first isn't. game yeah a fucking but, uh, idiot yeah yeah maybe <laughs> allegedly 
<laughs> but um, who said that to him? Max Domi. Nice. He, Max Domi got traded to Dallas Stars of the last two games we played this season are against the Stars. So nice. You know, there we go. Hopefully we can see heated rivalry. Nice work, Kevin, and you fucking Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, classic. It's interesting because <clears throat> the Kapanen waiver claim makes even more sense with this Brana trade now, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Kapanen thing just kind of felt like, I don't know, like a, <laughs> just, uh, a smart thing, but just kind of a random thing because it fell into Doug's lap and he's like, sure, why not? And maybe that's how the Verana thing went too in the sense that he didn't even know that he was going to be able to get that player. But I think Doug's really managed to set this team up for the future or set it up for next year. Honestly, like other than moving a defenseman this summer, Mm -hmm. he's made it so that they really don't have to do anything this summer. You know what I mean? Like at least in the forward group, like there's, he's probably got to get another forward in here maybe, but like, he's pretty much done in all of his work for the next season with the forward core that he needs to. Yeah. Um, I definitely think, I definitely think all three moves make more sense in light of each other. Like, right. Right. It, it really, and I, you know, he says it in comments, I'm sure will come on to read, but like he's saying like, I don't want to be in the free agent market this year. I don't want to make three or four year commitments right now. We wanted to get in players who are hungry and will be competitive, will be good parts of this team, but who don't cost a lot and who we aren't tied to long-term if things don't work out, you know? And I think he did exactly that. Um, Especially getting, and we'll go ahead and talk about Vrana. You get Jacob Vrana from um, the Detroit Red Wings, who, you know, would arguably say is the highest ceiling of these guys, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, But you only surrender seventh round pick and uh, an AHL forward. I've literally don't think I've ever heard of in Dylan McLaughlin um, and Detroit retains 50% of Rana's cap hit. So obviously um, this was a situation where Eisenman just wanted to get rid of this guy. We'll talk about, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was in the player assistance program this year. Eisenman made comments today that said, I don't think I can really go into details on a lot of the things that have gone on. I wish Jacob the best of luck in his future in his hockey career on and off the ice it was time for both parties to move on. So obviously that's a little worrisome, pretty presumably, you know, and and I don't want to go into too much speculation, but presumably there was more negative stuff going on behind the scenes than just, you know, whatever caused him to go into the player's assistance program. Um, But this is a player with a ton of upside. He was once viewed as like a future kind of, potential superstar he had a 24 and 25 goal season and like you said yes that's four years ago but it's only four years ago and he's only 27 now and even when he came to Detroit um I mean all his healthy periods in Detroit were sensational he had 11 points in 11 games after the trade for Anthony Mantha uh he got the extension and then before he had a really bad devastating shoulder injury and before or after, I think after, I think the shoulder mm-hmm. injury was early in the season, but in any case, he had 19 points in 26 games, 13 goals uh, down the stretch last year. So every time he's been on the ice for Detroit, he's looked really good. Uh, it's just a matter of he had that serious shoulder injury and then whatever the uh, player's assistance program uh, was, you know, whatever was behind that player's assistance program for those that don't know as an NHL PA 
uh, and I assume I think in conjunction with the NHL program designed to, you know, offer players assistance when they uh, either need mental health, mental health care or uh, are struggling with substance abuse. I think a lot of people tend to uh, assume it's the latter most of the time when you enter that program, but uh, it mm-hmm. could be either one. Um, Armstrong did make comments on it, which um, I thought were uh, pretty progressive, which mm-hmm. I, you know, I liked. Let me find the other ones because you don't actually have the exact one I was thinking of. But when he was asked about it by uh, Jr., he said. Uh, we did our research and you understand the risks, but there's probably a lot of players that have those risks we don't even know about that, ha- or we don't even know have them. I don't want to get into too much of it because I don't know the exact uh, things, but I'm a big believer in second chances, second opportunities. I'm not perfect. We don't want to make the same ones, presumably mistakes twice, but we're here to help these guys get along. Um, and then in your more extended comments, he said, it's one year with a player who wants to prove something. Obviously, he's coming out of the assistance program, and we did our due diligence on where he's at at this, at in that, and we're comfortable that we can provide the support that he needs to continue to be a very important piece on the ice, but even a better piece off of the ice. The world's about second chances, and I love being able to give him an opportunity as a second chance. When you look at his skill, he's a top six player, at worst a top nine player all day long, and now we just have to give him that opportunity to show that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really excited to see him play with the Blues, and I think this is a situation where if he does find something here, this is a player that you could potentially add on another long, you know, not presumably seven or eight year deal but a four or five year deal if he has a really great season next year and you keep him in the in the fold for a long time and he really becomes a pace that you basically stole for free um i wrote about this today in a piece that i haven't published yet but like i think armstrong really put himself in a position here to look like a genius if Mm -hmm. any of these kind of he can't look like an idiot because he took no risk basically, but like he could look really brilliant if any of these kind of wild card um, lottery tickets work out and he gets one of these guys for cheap. And, um, you know, I think Blay is the one we all feel like we know the best for obvious reasons and probably the one with the lowest ceiling, but maybe the highest floor of these three guys. Um, Kapanen provides something different and, uh, Rana is, you know, potentially the the bell of the ball in terms of what he could be if if he can keep it all together and play really well. And you know, now he's got a chance to just leave his past behind him and focus on hockey, hopefully. And uh, I'm really excited to see him try to do that. Any thoughts on Vrana? I've kind of rattled on there for a long time, so my apologies. Zero, zero thoughts. No, um, I yeah, I'm excited for him. I'm trying to keep my expectations in check, just given the fact that everything he's gone through um, with like the player assistance stuff and everything. Hopefully this is kind of like a new lease on life, right? Like I think some people are saying that out, you know, with all that player assistance stuff aside, I don't know that he was necessarily happy that he went from a team that was like winning the cup and was in the East coast and, you know, I don't know, big East coast city and all that stuff to Detroit who was, in the middle of being really bad at the time. Um, and I think that, I think that kind of was a little jarring for him too. So maybe going to this team and knowing that we're also hopefully a little bit on the upswing and there's other young fun players to play with here. Like 
I could definitely see a Cairo Thomas Vrana line being fun. Might not be very defensively responsible at all, but a lot of fun. Um, I mean, like you said, of all these guys that we got, he's definitely the one that should fit into the top six um, the most easily, hopefully. But yeah, I'm really excited to see him. I was the game tonight is in LA and it's like at 9 30 or whatever. Um, which I probably wasn't gonna stay up to watch, but then I was like, maybe I will because Veron is gonna play, but then I guess there's some snowstorm in Detroit, so he couldn't make it in time. So I'm like, now I'm not watching anymore. But I but I am excited to see him play. You gotta um, watch Klaus anyway. Yeah, that's true. That's I'm sorry, folks. I'm all about the Klaus, Klaus Stan. We got Klaus Mania here. That's right. If he doesn't show up tonight, I want him shipped out. <laughs> I'm waiting for a whipping boy. When's we the trade yet. deadline in Major League Soccer? I'm waiting now. for someone to fucking lose it on somebody. Like, fucking Stroud sucks dick. This dude can't <laughs> kick for shit. You don't even know what the insults are yet. Yeah. Oh, this guy it. shoots. Just shoot already. Just fucking um, shoot. But yeah, I, it's... It, these are some really smart, shrewd moves from Armstrong just because it's extremely low risk on both Rana and Kapanen. And if they both perform really well, then yeah, then he looks like a genius, like you said. And it's if they don't do well, we're in transition anyway. So it's like, well, what are you going to do? And if they do really well, then, you know, your problem is, oh, signing them, which is, you know, cool, whatever. I want that problem. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just nice to not it's nice for once to have new players that also aren't old and here for eight years already mm-hmm. where i'm gonna go oh jesus it's like oh okay a, a team that i don't know what it will be you know year two years from now um and this is like nice stop gaps for guys like snuggerud and bullduke um or alexandra or any of these guys or whoever we draft this year um <coughs> that they can they can develop more they can be in the ahl they don't have to be rushed into the nhl um to play like big minutes and be set up to fail or whatever it's like all right we've got nhl caliber players i mean heck if if vrana and and captain work out like that's honestly a better top nine than we've had most of this year given a or injuries mm-hmm. and b the people that we like are gone now like we had levo up there who, who later on isn't listed at all by Armstrong as like a top nine. So I don't know if he's either a saying he's, Oh, he'll be on the fourth line. Or if he's just saying, Oh no, we're not, we're not resigning him. <laughs> like, yeah. don't worry. All he's gone. Um, but I just like, there's just so much more upside of that than being like, Hey, we got this fringe guy. We got Pitlick. We got Levo. They're all here folks. And you're like, Oh, this is so sad and just like depressing. And then you could, you just know you're phoning it in. It's like, I honestly am more excited for next season than I've been all of this season, right? Like this season has really set, had set me up to be like, oh, next season is going to be a fucking pile of shit. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. fuck. But um, it could be, it could be really interesting. Ian muted himself. Sorry, these dogs, these dogs went off. One moment. I lost you too, Ian. Oh, you lost me? Am I here? Am I back? I think my headphones died. I think that's what happened. Oh, yeah? 
I guess we could edit all this out. No, don't. I want okay. people to know how the sausage is made. All right. My headphones definitely didn't die either, so I have no idea what happened. I think Frankie broke everything. Frankie and Nettie broke everything. I think, I think Apple is a shit company that's a given just kidding. I owe my soul to them so we're back folks we didn't edit <laughs> yet you heard all of that. congratulations all of the people uh, that listen that own apple products what a bunch of fucking sheep nobody we're back can't afford apple products that's right this is this is rich people products. they can barely afford wet food that's right that's so right we ready for these armstrong comments oh yeah all right. On the deadline deals he made, he says, one of the reasons that we did this is because they have contracts for next year. I don't feel comfortable that this is the summer to get out in the free agent market where we are, uh, where we are with our team, with the growth of our team. I don't really want to, if we don't have to, giving out three or four year deals to players this summer. I'd like to have let them prove their value to the team and they can make decisions that this is the right fit for them. And then on Kaffin and Brani, he said, that's probably more, there's probably nothing more dangerous than a motivated player on a one-year deal. And we have a couple of guys that really want to get their careers back on track and prove that they are worthy of their first round draft status just a few years ago. That's generous, but still. <laughs> also, just a few years ago is a decade for both guys. <laughs> he does, Armstrong does like to point out, and I think it's more for the public probably right where he's like uh, they want to get back to their first round draft status they were part of the first round first round first round just to make sure that you're like see yeah these guys have a high ceiling so you should be yeah. excited i really and i really am excited about both guys but i do think we need to be mentally prepared for neither one to hit well that's the thing right you know, this like is very i think i texted you earlier and this as much as we take shots at the Leafs and Kyle Dubas and stuff like this does feel like a kind of Dubasy move where mm -hmm. especially with the fan base too where it's like there were some people yesterday like this is sick and it's like this is cool this could work but it doesn't mean that it's going to work and if it doesn't yeah. that's fine I think that's the big part right if they, yeah, if they both they just no risk if they both stink we gave up nothing and we're kind of bad again and we draft high again you know you figure shit out yeah. it's fine but it, it is something here's, where it's like is here's is, another thing to keep in mind maybe they're both good enough both just good enough to be tradable assets next year that's true you know? like, that is true I if mean, they're like ooh, nice but that i'm not gonna pay you for like this sort of production but somebody else will See? yeah exactly or that's you can do what you did this year and trade them and if they want to come back they can come back but you know, somebody would take both of those guys, even if they don't have a great year next year, somebody will pay a second or a third for oh yeah, fast winger man. <laughs> I, I, that's another point. Smart too, is like, insider man. <laughs> is that we, this team got a lot faster too with those two. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Much more decidedly so than just having Cairo and Thomas, who's young, but isn't necessarily fast. And everyone's like, we're a fast team now. It's like, well, we've got two people. It's like, you got yeah. three, four or something. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think some of our other pieces are faster than they have been. So, yeah, definitely. And I hope they do get some of those, you know, get a, a Kapanen and Kairu and Thomas sort of line out there or something, mix it up a little bit and get some of that speed together, just see how it looks, because it'll be fun to watch. Mm -hmm. um, he talked about the team's overall timeline. 
he said, we understand that there's a process that you have to go through when you want to. It's not re it's not rebuild, retool. I'm not sure. He just refuses to pick a word. He just refuses, <laughs> steadfastly refuses. <laughs> Folks, if you haven't seen, by the way, I, I don't shout out my own work very often, except for all the time. But if you haven't seen the uh, profile banner on our Twitter uh, profile, please go check it out because I'm so proud of it. And we, mm. we picked that like seven games into the season when he talked about rebuild, retool, re-whatever. And now it's there and it's timeless. So that's, that's his favorite uh, phrase. That's right. Um, in any case, I know what we're doing. He says, it's not something that happens over one summer. It happens over a couple of years, but you want to continue to build a foundation. And these players are going to help us build that foundation as we wait on Snuggerud, as we wait on Bolduck, as we wait on Jake neighbors to grab a bigger part of our team. Dean, some of us. <laughs> I thought he was talking to the interviewer. I was Dean like, "What?" Kane? Dean. <laughs> is is that is that press reporter Dean Kane? <laughs> can't get it back. All right, I can't do it. Dean, some of these picks that we have this year, whether we use those picks. Whether we acquire NHL caliber players now, it does open it up. We're not in the spot where we've been over a number of July 1st, where we're looking to add one or two big pieces. They're going to flip the needle from good to great. Uh, on the rest of the season and what he wants to see. I would just say a determined effort. I know the team has been through a lot these past two weeks on and off the ice. We didn't handle it on our uh, on or off the ice very well, quite honestly, as an organization. But now that's behind us. I guess the off the ice is talking about the Thomas and Broom yeah, comments. I, would stuff, yeah. Um, I think the last couple of games, they've shown their character. I think there is going to be a collective exhale right now and everyone is going to feel better about where they're at. Hopefully bringing in Kapanen and Brana shows the veteran players that the organization isn't trying to not have success. These guys come in and it gives us some talented players. Now with the coaches and players can do what now, what the coaches can Jesus. Now what the coaches and players can do with that talent, I am looking forward to seeing. I really do believe that we are going to play competitive hockey and we're going to be in, in games and we're going to surprise some people. But no, he's not saying we're going to be good <laughs> because he's not trying to be, which I respect. I, You can't just come out and say that, but I appreciate that he said it as much as he has. Mm -hmm. You know, like you really couldn't be more clear that next year is not the year. And if people still want to think it is, they're crazy. And that's fine. Mm. Um, he added, you said, sounds like the players in the top nine will be Kyra Thomas, Buchnevich, Shad, Shin, Vrana, Neighbors, and Kapanen. Those are based on comments he made. And mm. then he also mentioned needing to add a ninth. You said, ideally, the Blues managed to get one more center in here to round it out because, quote, I'm not here for a Logan Brown center <laughs> third line. Uh, and definitely, I could see it being Barbashev or O'Reilly coming back to fill that role. Yeah, um, it's it's a possibility. And I mean, Brown, the thing is, like, if Brown wants that spot, he, ha he literally has, like, 20 games here to prove it. Like, they're pretty much going to be playing him there. Um, I know someone had mentioned, I think I read a quote, that the Blues are going to try Bushnevich at center to see what it looks like. I don't know how much center he's played. Maybe he played some like, before here. 
that's a classic <laughs> team that ain't got shit else to I, do. In the I know. They go, we'll just try it. it. We'll just uh, it. You know what? We'll try Colton Pareko at center. Yeah, why not? <laughs> sure, go for it. Um, I that's fine. It just feels like we don't have the greatest wing depth, and Bushnevich is like a great winger. And if you now have Thomas Bushnevich and Shen, all of whom are your centers, it's like. Your wingers are Kairu Sad, uh, Verana, Neighbors Kapanen. And it's like, who's your third line? I don't know. It's just, it gets very thin at wing. So it's like, I'd rather have an established top six and just kind of a ho-hum third line than rather be like, let's break that shit up and make every line fucking ho-hum. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what happens. It sounds like, yeah, if they're going to be active at all in free agency, it'll just be to try and get uh third line center um someone pointed out online too that could be alexander i'm sure like if they want to try him out there over these 20 games see what they have there that's cool too like you know i'm not i'm open to whatever it just seems like <laughs> if there's a place they're going to tinker it's going to be with like that third line and who's on it specifically but yeah it'll be but i also think if it was alexander uh I'm sure I probably would have said that, you know? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like he literally went out, named those seven guys, and then said neighbors, you know, when he gets back and he's healthy. So it's like if you're thinking it's going to be Alexandrov or Torchenko or somebody like that, then you're probably – they're on the team. You're just going to name them. So he also didn't he also didn't say Logan Brown who's on the team. So it's like, well, uh, I can't help you there, bud. <laughs> We've got a lot of fourth-line guys, I have to say, between – Toropchenko and Walker and Brown. We're trade and so many of them. Alexandrov, yeah, I'm just like Levo. If we, if you want to keep him here, Petlick, if you kept him here, it's like some of these guys definitely gone. So, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy what he managed to do over this trade deadline and and that day specifically on Friday because he's like I said, he's really set this team up to be like if he if Armstrong just doesn't like any of the free agents out there doesn't like any of the trades out there. I know we harp on the defense, but like he has a team that's like set up for next year. If there's nothing out there, he doesn't like, he doesn't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. And I'm, I'm excited to watch it. I think it'll be fun. I mean, I hope they don't win too many games (coughs) this year, but hopefully it's just watchable hockey and then we'll figure it out from there. You know, this summer, this summer changes a lot, obviously, as he's able to unload a defensive con. Just change anything up. The Pareko mm-hmm. trade seemed to boil to a possible um, possible conclusion and then didn't materialize, probably shut down when Ekholm went to the Oilers, but mm-hmm. maybe there's enough interest in there out there. And the other upside of admitting that it's probably a few years before you compete is some of those guys with no trade clauses might be willing to waive them if you're going to be mediocre for a few years, you know, maybe Ottawa or wherever doesn't sound as bad if, <laughs> if you're a Colton Pareko. So that's all the blues talk. We still have every trade in the NHL to discuss, and it was an explosive trade deadline, but we'll try to move through these pretty quickly, except for the really big ones. The Anaheim Ducks did some tinkering around the edges. Their biggest move was, um, trading John Klingberg at the very final, 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 mm. final, final <laughs> hours uh, to the Minnesota Wild for Andre Schuster, 
the rights to Nikita Nestorenko, a fifth round pick in 2025, and they retain 50% of Klingberg's uh, contract. A nice pickup for the uh, Wild, who I am told from reliable sources need more help, need more offense from their defense, which is about all John Klingberg gives you from defense. But, um, you know, I, I don't think they're going to be real competitive this year, but it seems like a pretty cheap, reasonable move to make. And and the Ducks probably didn't get the return they had hoped to get when they signed him on a one-year deal, but they got something for him, so it is what it is. They also traded Dmitry Kulikov to the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins for Brock McGinn in the third-round pick. Big who cares. Um, moving on to the Arizona Coyotes, who were, of course, active in uh, typically embarrassing fas- fashion. They traded the Ritchie brothers for each other, which I didn't see mm-hmm. that that happened, but that's funny. Nick went to the Flames, Brett went to the Coyotes, and Connor Mackey and Troy Stetcher also switched places. Um, the Edmonton Oilers gave got Nick Bugstad for a third-round pick, and Michael, Michael Kesslerwing, another one of the very, uh, very mediocre trades late in the deadline. Um, they picked up the Jacob Voracek contract, and a sixth round pick in 2023 for uh, blues legend, John Gillies. That's um, right. You know, it, uh, they're, if you paid attention to the tweets about their numbers of cap hit next season, it's really embarrassing, but I don't even care to belabor the point on this podcast at this point. <laughs> the big move they made obviously uh, was uh, sending Shane Goss to the Carolina hurricanes for a third round pick. Just kidding. The big move they made was finally trading Jacob Chikrin for a conditional first round pick. I think that's just lottery protected mm-hmm. a conditional second round pick in 2024 and a second round pick in 2026. Um, what do you think about that return after all of the hype of Jacob Chikrin? And I know a lot of blues fans are saying we could have paid that. And yeah, we could have, but I think everything else Armstrong has said proves why we didn't. You yeah. Know? year contract we don't expect to compete next year then you're looking at a player who is either leaving if you can't clear other salary or is going to cost a lot more money if you can you know so yeah i think it's about the return they got it definitely seems low especially looking at uh trades like tanner janeau and and what happened with um with um timo meyer but and especially also because for the longest time, the Coyotes were like, we want two firsts and we want like your top prospect or whatever it was, uh-huh. just like a lot of stuff. And I think it came down to the wire. And I also think that Chickering just like wanted to be moved and he had been there. He'd been traded or been talked about being traded for like 18 months now. So I think they were just like, we're just going to get the best thing we can. And obviously Ottawa was, I think has been in these talks been in these rumors since like the very beginning so <clears throat> first and two seconds isn't bad i mean you're that one second is way out in 2026 um so really to me it almost feels like a first and a second because that other one's just like some phantom future second um it's a little underwhelming but at the same time you're the coyotes you have a bazillion picks mm-hmm. so just getting a first and second is should be good enough for you i guess 
I mean, good for Chickren for getting out of there finally. You're the Coyotes. Anything should be good enough for you. That's right. The college stadium's good enough for you, so no complaints. That's right. right. That's right. Uh, the Boston Bruins moving on to the best team in the NHL by a country mile. They acquire Tyler Bertuzzi, Tyler Bertuzzi, a real Boston Bruins player. Mm-hmm. Oh, for um, real doesn't you know plays that hard game doesn't get vaccinations those kinds of things that define boston athletes um kyrie irving was like that when he was in boston so you know that exactly this always got to have one that's right detroit uh, detroit gets a first round pick in the 2024 draft and a fourth round pick in 2025 and retains 50 percent of bertuzzi's salary uh the other big move of course that the uh bruins made besides a, a very involved trade for Dmitry Orloff that involved getting rid of Craig Smith's salary and a lot of other crap, um, including their first round pick is uh, they re-signed uh, pa- uh, help me David. Oh, Pastor, I don't yeah. know. I don't know why his name just help completely me. left help my me. brain. Save me. Um, of course, a player, another free agent that, um, was discussed like they were going to move even though they were never going to move didn't move so that's, that's exciting true. uh 10.5 million per season for eight years i mean he's a very good player. i think it's 11 is so 11.5 yeah. oh damn that's more than i thought but still uh probably worth it he's very good at hockey i would say and he's proving that this year um yeah 11.25 way to go pass it pasta i thought he said uh, he would just play for the love of the game what, what happened yeah to that? i don't know why people why doesn't he do it just do um, it already uh but yeah i mean I, the bruins got better uh i was surprised by the orloff trade obviously some of that is getting rid of um getting rid of cap it's funny to me that the wild were involved in two cap retentions as the third team when they have no money and no salary yeah. cap that's weird um but in any case uh they said that's our thing yeah our thing is no money any more comments on the bruins or any of their moves uh you know just loading up load up as you do i mean they've already got a solid team right so they just had to like add things around the edges. i i want I kind of want them to just win the cup and it's just like, oh, so they were just like one of the best teams that ever, ever. But I would I really also do think, really find it hilarious that they got bounced <coughs> or something, you know? I think it almost has to be one or the other. I seriously do. I think yeah. if they walk through the first round, I think it's over for everybody else. Uh-huh. And I think if they really struggle, then it's like, okay, they're, they're going to get dominated or whatever. But I do, part of me does sort of just want them to win it for Bergeron and, and those guys again and just be like all right we're done see you later bye yeah definitely their biggest threat is that second round matchup whether mm. it's Toronto or Tampa you know I mean that'll be interesting the Sabres made some moves on the fringes Rasmus Asplund traded for fifth seventh Asplund. round pick to the Predators Austin Strand for Chase Prisky Jordan Greenway Buffalo Sabres acquired the towering Minnesota wild forward for a second round pick and a fifth round pick in 2024. And then Anders Bjork was traded for future considerations. Seeing Greenway move is interesting. He was once looked at as, uh, you know, part of the future in Minnesota, but now he's part of the past. Your thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Your thoughts. Um, Yeah. He's no good. Um, I just remember mouthing off to like Shen or somebody last year. Uh, 
it's like well that's now you're on buffalo so suck it yeah, um, and who's the also, loser now also he lost yeah in that, in that series so that's a win-win who's the uh, double loser now calgary was on the other half of that richie for richie swap and they picked up dryden hunt and that's it carolina Art. picked up shane gostaspear and patrick Pister and uh, jesse puya yarvi uh gostaspear you know is a player and jesse puya yarvi that'll be interesting um but kind of surprised not to see carolina make a bigger splash they were definitely yeah. the fringes of a lot of things of all the teams in the east like they're i don't know they're in the top five or six and i feel like every team around them loaded up and they really didn't do very much at all um i mean they're a good team already so you don't have to do too much but like i just feel like they were in on that timo meyer stuff and those talks and i just felt like having their names and lots of stuff and then getting nothing can make it feel disappointing but at Mm -hmm. the same time they're still a very good team so i could still see them you know being even with a lot of those other teams around them yeah Definitely agree with that. Um, they're certainly, I mean, I think a contender to come out of the Metro. It's just whether they mm. can survive from that point on. The Blackhawks were busy, but none of it mattered. They traded Max Doby for Anton Qdoba in a second round pick. Uh, they traded Dylan Sakura and got nothing, according to this image. <laughs> <laughs> they just uh, get rid of them. What did they actually get for him? Didn't it say at some point? No, it doesn't say. Anyway, so I guess nothing happened. They're still figuring it out. Uh, They're still figuring it out. They got Anders Bjork from Buffalo. Uh, Of course, Patrick Kane moving to the New York Rangers was much ballyhooed and ended up not being that incredible. It was a conditional second-round pick, a fourth-round pick, uh, some some players and roster spots and... um, you know, some other things, but they retained 50% of his salary and the Coyotes retained 25% of his salary and Patrick Kane ended up where everyone knew he always was going to with the New York ranches. In New York, the concrete jungles where dreams are made up, Ian. I don't know if you've heard about that. There's nothing you can't do except uh, assault cab drivers. You're still not allowed <laughs> to do that there, but- There's um, so many cabs there though. That's right, that's right. So uh, that's the biggest challenge of Patrick Kane's young career uh, to see if he can restrain himself. The Maple Leafs and Blackhawks swapped a bunch of pieces that focused on Jake McCabe going back to the Maple Leafs along with Sam Lafferty and some picks. Uh, The Blackhawks got Joey Anderson, Pavel Gogolev, and uh, a first-round pick in 2025. Dubas is, man, Dubas, we'll talk about him in a minute, but yikes, he is all or nothing this season. Mm -hmm. It's going to be nothing. (laughs) um they got josiah they traded josiah slavin who i assume is jacob's brother probably for hunter drew which your names are reversed um (laughs) and then they got nikita zaitsev in a cap dump along with some picks and that was the blackhawks the avalanche didn't do much their biggest move trading for lars eller at the cost of a second round pick and uh, I like that the Capitals retained 31% of Eller's salary. Is that his number? I swear to God, if that's Lars Eller's Oh, salary. God. I hope not. I, I swear to God. You oh, can't 20. be retaining salary off 20. the whims okay. of someone's number. 20. Thank God. Thank God. This is okay. this is Julian Breezeball <laughs> leaving on draft day levels of uh, yeah, unhinged. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but what do you think about the uh the avalanche not doing a lot um 
again, I guess it's just that they're hoping everyone comes back from being injured. Like, I don't even know if Landis got back. I don't think he is yet, but they're hoping he will be. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, they'll be fine. I kind of am surprised that they didn't like Eller isn't a center. I'm surprised they didn't get any like center depth. You think they're also like um, the West sucks. We won last year. Maybe we just don't have to. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? No one loaded up. So like, it's not like you had to like spend all the, spend all these assets to be like so much better than everyone else. It's like, if the Mm -hmm. West sucks, just win with what you have. And then you'll be playing. If you make to the finals, you're playing an Easter team. That's gotten the shit kicked out of it. Like, I don't care if you're playing the Leafs or the Bruins or whatever. Like, it's not like the, the rested up version of either of those teams. So you'll be fine. Did you know that the great Lars Eller, if he plays next season, will uh, have been a 1,000-game NHL player? Really? Yeah. I guess. I mean, I guess it makes sense. He's probably been playing <laughs> since we traded, <laughs> traded him for a lock. He's 33, almost 34. He's still very pretty, and uh, he has <laughs> 931 NHL games. Damn. Good for you, and, I mean, he's still good enough. He's definitely still good enough to, like, get a job next year, I would think. Oh, yeah. so. Dude, do you want a job? Yeah, maybe he's our third line center. That'd be funny. <laughs> uh, that would be hilarious if he Come was our third home. line center. Come oh man, no, maybe we gotta do it. You'd show like we the gotta three do it to the people. Yeah, blue. exactly. When he was a friggin' child. Um, Roll the 1980s clips. I swear, 2010 <laughs> clips look like they've been put through like an acid bath. I'm like, it did not look this bad, right? Freaking zero HD, my ass exactly um the blue jackets uh got jonathan quick and then traded him very quickly thereafter for a seventh round pick and michael hutchinson um cool they got rid of the jacob voracek contract which they would have also buried on uh ltir but i guess they just didn't want to spend the money on it um the uh they got uh they traded Eunice Cap- Corpusello and Va- Vladislav Gavrikov for a first round pick in 2023 and a third round pick in 2024. Uh, and that's how they also got Jonathan Quick and that cap deal. And then uh Gustav Nyquist went to the Minnesota Wild back to the Minnesota Wild, right? Right. Uh, I don't think he was ever on their team. Oh, he was a, he was a I'm thinking of uh Zigarello. I'm mm. thinking of the lizard. They King. still got him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They still Lizard got the King. Lizard King. Um, the Dallas Stars didn't do a lot, but they did add Max Domi and uh, Evgeny Dadonov. Um, what do you think about the Stars heading into the postseason? Yeah, I mean, they're kind of like the Carolina Hurricanes and that I would just probably expect them to do more. But mm-hmm. again, a Western team that probably is good enough to at least get to the Western Conference Finals with the team they have and not have to worry about loading up to beat, I don't know who they're facing right away, but like the Jets or somebody, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of teams left. So I'm going to pick up the pace a little bit. Um, but the Red Wings <laughs> traded Oscar Sundquist to the Minnesota Wild. Gross. Sad. They obviously gave us Vrana and Gabe Bertuzzi to the Bruins and then sent Philip Fronick to the Vancouver Canucks. For a first round pick in 2023 and a second round pick in 2023. Um, I know we talked about the, uh, the, we talked about, and I think we're right, that Chuck Fletcher is the worst general manager in the NHL, but uh, mm-hmm. the whole Vancouver 
organization is pretty close. That trade oh, makes yeah. no sense. They are over the cap ceiling for next season. They cannot build a roster next season. Why did you trade a first round pick away? I'm assuming they have other ones, right? And they a second. And a second. They've yeah, got but still, ones. I think they had their own. But still, I mean, is Philip Philip Peronic that good? That was the somebody else's. Yeah. Man, yeah, you still you. Could have held on to that. But like, how good is Philip Bronick, by the way? Is he that am I miss? I'm I guess I'm sleeping this on team does how not this. They do not have enough picks to be yeah. like a rebuilding team. That's sad. They're bad. They're bad at everything. They are bad at everything. I'm looking up Philip Bronick's stats because he must be. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> his his playoff stats or his uh power play yeah. stats are insane. Look at this. Look at this chart. Oh my god. Look at that. I man. think I read somewhere though where this this year is it's like this year. And oh, I think okay. like the Red Wings were like banking on like him not doing this not again. Doing this. So they let's, were like, sure, we'll sell let's go to multi season. Let's prove it. Okay, yeah. I mean, definitely not the same player. Um, let's go to just last year. Oof, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd sell that too. Great call. Great call. Great call. See you, Iserman. Shrewd negotiator, that guy. He's done it again. He can't keep getting away with this. Uh, the Oilers' big move was getting Matthias Ekholm and trading Tyson Berry in the process, along with Reed Schaefer and a first-round pick um, that prevented the uh, the Colton Pareko uh, move, or presumably. I mean, we don't really know that, but hmm. presumably. Dude, I definitely would have taken Tyson Berry's two years left back to get rid of Colton Pareko, baby. Mm-hmm. That would have been great. Um, they also finally traded Jesse Puyarvi for Patrick Puestola. So fortunately, they didn't get someone with a less convoluted name or even someone who wasn't Finnish, I assume. Um, uh, yeah, that's true. Is Patrick Puestola Finnish? He's got it. Look he's at his name. Look at his name. There's no chance that he's not. I'll Google it. I'll Google it. Patrick Puestola, Finnish ice hockey player. Of course. Of course. I knew that. Um, the Panthers did nothing. <laughs> The Los Angeles Kings did a lot, including, I would say, making a complete ass of themselves oh, with yeah. the Jonathan Quick situation. This is a, this is a franchise that built a statue for Dustin Brown, and this is how they do Jonathan Quick. I hope they meet in the playoffs and Vegas just fucking stones them, and it's all Jonathan Quick. Oh, that'd be great. Doing that would be delightful. Look, I'm I'm root for LA as a team over. The Vegas, Golden Knights, sure. but now sure. they've but now they've made it too much of a even, story. And Jonathan Quick has personally victimized us. Yeah, he's multiple killed times. us. So I don't even have a lot decade. of love for Jonathan Quick, but this situation just sucks. Uh, Austin Wagner got traded uh, to the Blackhawks. Frederick Allard for Nate Schnarr. That's a terrible sounding trade. Uh, they they sent Brendan Lemieux to the Philadelphia Flyers because, of course, they did. Uh, they made the trade for Corpus Allo, which was kind of their big move because they also got Gavrikov. Um, and that's that for the Kings. They'll be fun to watch in the playoffs, but I don't expect them to go super deep. The while we've talked about a lot of their moves already, getting Sunquist, getting Klingberg, trading away Greenway, trading for Nyquist and acquiring Marcus Johansson for a third round pick. They definitely added a lot. I don't know if they're going to be good, but they definitely added a lot. Yeah, they, know, did, so. they definitely did some tinkering. What is that? That's, I mean, Johansson's probably middle six. So is uh-huh. Nyquist and Sunquist, lots of quests. Um, so I mean, they they kind of reshaped their 
their third line, second line sort of there. So they'll be interesting. I mean, they definitely did more than I thought they were going to do. I mean, uh-huh. I think they're even trying to trade Dumba like they have for the last like five years, but no one bit. And I think they're just going to let him walk. I think he's UFA this summer. I think they're just going to say bye, which is like crazy beans, but like, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, if, if they don't, they certainly can't afford to re-sign him. So mm-hmm. as a guy who's been like their next draft, their next trade for like 15 years, it's crazy <laughs> that he's not going to be $14 million in dead cap hit for the next two years. God. Oh, I honestly, I, it takes a lot for me to feel sympathy for the Minnesota Wild, but I feel sympathy for the Minnesota Wild. A little that bit. is hard. I think fourteen the, million dollars, and it's not anyone in current. I mean, it's Chuck Fletcher's fault, of course. Who, mm-hmm. who else's fault would it be? He's still ruining a team that he isn't even a part of anymore. Like I know Garen made the decision to buy it out, but I think it was the smart decision. But he had to buy them out because of these fucking terrible contracts. Way to go, yeah. Chucky! Chucky, you're so bad at your job. It's incredible. All right, Montreal Canadiens did not do much. They did participate in a three-team tra- three trade for Nick Bonino. Um, so good for them. And they traded Evgeny Danoff. The Predators, we've talked a lot about their moves too. They tra- traded Mikhail Granlin to the Penguins for a second-round pick. Um, they traded Matthias Ekholm for Tyson Berry and Richie for in a first-round pick. Um, and they were the winners in the preposterous, which we haven't gotten to talk about yet, Tanner Janot trade. Um, I am going to, why don't you read what they gave up in that? Because I really would like to find Julian Brisebois' comments yeah. um, on that trade because it was so offensive that I wanted to cry. Yeah, the Lightning acquired uh, Tanner Janot, forward Tanner Janot from the National Predators in exchange for Calfoot a 2025 top 10 protective first round pick, a 2024 second round pick, a 2023 third round pick, a 2023 fourth round pick, and a 2023 fifth round pick. That is one, two, three, four, five, six pieces that the Lightning traded to the National Predators for, for one Tanner punchy Genoa. boy. For yeah, for a guy that has like four boy. goals or something this year. Yeah. Um, and Brisebois' justifica- justification was, at the end of the day, I know there's a perceived value of those picks, but we have a really good idea of what the actual value of those picks are. Individually, you can go, what's that first round pick worth? What's the second round pick? And so forth and so on. When we look at what's that, what that's worth to us based on the odds of those picks turning into good NHL players down the road, I'd rather have the good player right now for this season and next and help this group win right now because I know what the odds are of those picks turning into players. I also know what the odds are of those picks turning into players that can help us win while we have this group of players right now in their prime, ready to go for another long run. The odds of that are zero. None of those picks were going to help. None of the players we were going to draft with those picks are going to help us win this year or next or probably the year after that. So when you put it into that context and you frame it that way, it ends up being a pretty easy decision, actually. And here's the thing. He's technically right. Like nothing he said is wrong. But 
you don't trade off your perceived value of an asset. You trade off someone else's perceived value of an asset. Mm. Like, look at the Blues. We had our perceived value of Vladimir Tarasenko was nothing. He had no value to us because he didn't want to be here anymore. He wasn't going to resign and he was going to cost us losses probably for the rest of the season that would have helped us get a better pick. But it's not like we're just like, take him for whatever. You know, it's like <laughs> you... Even if you don't want those picks, even if you want to trade all those picks, you could have traded the picks for two pieces that helped mm. you down the road, you know? And it's Tanner, you know, also just fundamentally isn't a good hockey player. I mean, I'm sure they have their match metrics and they like smashy boys, and I'm sure he'll be grimy and gritty and you know, he'll probably play reduced minutes from what Nashville was asking of him, and he'll probably be in a better position. We all, you know, the 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 uh, Predators or the Lightning have earned a lot of leeway in the talent evaluation and trade department. But I mean, look at this player. This isn't a good player. And I saw um, Dom Wasision or someone kind of wryly point out that according to his model, that their odds of winning the Stanley Cup actually went down after the Tanner Janot <laughs> trade, um, which is obviously a bit, you know, sardonic, but um it is what it is. We, I just thought that trade and, and justification were hilarious. Obviously, they took a lot of crap around the league. Um, the Predators also traded Dino Niederreiter to the Winnipeg Jets for a second round pick. Good work there. The Canucks and Devils traded for Curtis. The Devils acquired Curtis Lazar, but their big acquisition was, of course, Timo Meyer, uh, who was part of a 12-piece trade uh, that sent Timo Meyer, Scott Harrington, Temer, Ibrahimov, Santeri Hataka, and Zachary Iman to the Devils, along with a fifth-round pick in 2024. Uh, back to the Sharks went Andreas Johnson, Fabian Zetterland, Shakir Mukmadalun. Was he the one that they, like, super reached on? Maybe that sounds um, familiar. I there was one. Uh, Nikita Otuik. I'm man, what are these names? Yeah, crazy. Uh, a first round pick this year, a second round pick conditional next year, and a seventh round pick in 2024. I think that's a really good, really good piece of business for the Devils. They add a player to their young core, they're obviously going to try and resign him. Um, but uh yeah, I mean, definitely a good move. Uh, what are your thoughts on the big, probably the biggest trade overall? <coughs> definitely the most evolved trade, but probably probably the biggest player that moved as well, I would the say. Bell, the bell of the ball. Yeah. Uh, he, I think this was a great trade for New Jersey. Like, they definitely need to reward that team for how well they've done this year. Tomorrow was like the biggest reward you give your team um they don't need they don't need that first round pick or whatever like they're gonna be in the playoffs and they've got plenty of um plenty of prospects in their pipeline and they also didn't have to give up any of like they didn't have to give up their top two three or even fourth like best prospect in their pipeline so like that's great from a shark's perspective i get people are kind of annoyed because like all those prospects they got and players they got none of them are really like high end so really you got kind of a bunch of different bodies and then you got your your first round and your second round picks in there so it's not the best return for san jose maybe but again i think getting a first round pick 
in this draft, maybe even be able to package it to move higher up and have two high round or two uh, high first round picks would be great for them. Um, and I mean, Andreas Johnson can play on your team. I think Fabian Zetterland is like a decent prospect uh, within mm-hmm. the Devils organization. So they didn't get nothing else other than this pick. So it's, I do like this trade obviously better for New Jersey. And like you said, they'll probably going to go <laughs> go ahead and re-sign Meyer, try and re-sign him. They have the space for him, I think. So he's he's a Swiss buddy for uh, Heischer. As someone said, uh, I hate to roast them. I don't know who it was, but someone said that the Blues got Kapanen, picked up Kapanen before the deadline because we were going to try and get Meyer and they can be Swedish buddies. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, Meyer's Swiss and Kapanen <laughs> is Finnish. So no, <laughs> you're dumb. Uh, you're dumb in two nationalities. Congratulations. Yeah, that's not a good look, but we love that person all the same. Yeah, but you're great. You're a great person. Yeah. We all make mistakes. Just not the, such uh, stupid ones. The um, I was also going to mention that both of the young darlings of the early Steve Dangle podcast days, Janssen and Kaffinen, were both moved this deadline. So. I got to say, man, anytime they move these guys, I guess we're right next to this other one, like the New York Islanders um, acquired Pierre Engvall for like a third round pick they sent back to the Maple Leafs to pick in 2024, but like those guys are always so high on their dudes until the minute they're traded. Cause mm-hmm. like, I know they weren't like crazy high on Pierre Engvall, but they're like, yeah, it's a good third line guy. Does mm-hmm. his job well, blah, blah, blah. And then they traded them. And they're like, I had to tell Islanders fans. The only reason it cost them a third is because he's just not good. In fact, yeah. I'm like, I've always, he's always been like such a black hole on that line. And I'm like, what the heck man, for real. Mm-hmm. They were so high on Kapanen, and I remember until they traded him to the Penguins. They're like, yeah, he was never going to work here. That's yeah. Like, okay, all right, sure, of course. All right, whatever you want to say. Um, speaking of uh, general managers that don't know what they're doing, Lou Lamorello reached, searched into his tapioca pudding, <laughs> and he found a trade for Pierre Ingvall, and that's all he did for his team that's trying to contend. Do put him out to pasture. You got Bo Horvat. What else do you want him to do? Get a real general manager. I know. <laughs> I know for still, real. For real. I know. I know. Bo Horvat's a good addition, but still. Uh, the Rangers did a lot. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko playing on the same roster. Oh, baby. Uh, but we've already talked about both of those moves at length. They also traded Kraft Sov finally to the uh, Canucks. That was a nice pick off pickup for the Canucks, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, I got Tyler Mott for Julian Gauthier, uh, and then um, Austin Watson probably broke Tyler Mott's brains. Uh, yeah. Wasn't Watson? Watson's on the senators too right? yeah yeah those, these guys were teammates like two weeks ago <laughs> like, good 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 you rock good stuff austin, austin watson yeah you're humans you're human scout um anything you want to say about the rangers additions i mean they'll be fun to watch i don't think they're i mean content, but they'll be fun to watch i mean yeah they're all in there it's it's offense 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 and then you have igor striking back there yeah like striking uh, adam fox does the fox say <laughs> etc people all, know the song right people all those people know. our age or older will love that record. adam fox is so good at hockey 
He's very good. He, I would almost funny. say underrated because I it's feel funny. like he actually doesn't get brought up a lot. Yeah. It's funny how many times <coughs> he moved as and I was just like, oh, this is just gonna be like a player. Oh yeah. And then he's a god. He's like a golden god. Oh yeah. Because um, he was with Calgary and then he got traded in the deal for like Dougie Hamilton and, uh-huh. and those guys, and he got and moved. He wasn't going to tra- sign with Ottawa, so he got or to uh, with um, Carolina. So then he got moved. Yeah, for, it's J- like, for Jake Bean or somebody. I don't know. That's but, crazy. Yeah, yeah normally those guys are just sort of. Eh, they're your um, who's the guy? Who's the guy that's not even with Detroit anymore? They're your Danny DeKaiser's. Yeah, I feel like every every one of the NHL like college. I'm not going to sign with this team players is always like a nobody. And then it's Adam Fox. Who's the other? Oh, Vessi. Yeah. Or VC. Yeah. It was like, and nothing. Speaking of college free agents, Andy Strickland hinting that several might be interested in signing with the Blues. So I feel like they always are, but then they're always like, but Detroit is interested. And also this kid grew up on Little Caesars Pizza. That's right. And you're like, ah, fuck. (laughs) Oh, we're screwed. The Senators uh, got Chikrin, got rid of Zaitsev. Good deadline for them, I would say. Yeah, I mean... Chikrin moves great for them. I mean, that's a good piece. They didn't pay that much to get him. He's going to be there for a long time. Presumably, they'll extend him. Yeah, I mean, they went all in the summer. And I think there was rumors that Drew pretty much, like, told management that they needed to, like, add. He was like, you guys got to, like, do something because, like, we're trying here and we're, you're trying to create like a winning culture you can't just have like another season of like well we tried and we'll get them next year it's like you might not make the playoffs sure but like get your your fan base excited for next season at very least and it's like you know now you've now you've addressed sort of the excitement factor and you've addressed like an actual factor on your back end so yeah i'd say say pure dorian's doing he's doing all he can right like I feel like mm-hmm. having adding Giroux and adding Debrinket, and even though the team hasn't looked fantastic this year, like I don't really, I don't know. You can't, you can't put that on him. Like he's putting these players in here, and maybe they don't necessarily fit together in a sense. Maybe that's an issue. But like he's done what he can to make them exciting and competitive. So like it's just up to those players to live up to that. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's just gonna be interesting to watch the senators if they can actually finally graduate um mm-hmm. but uh i hope they can i think they can we'll they see can. exactly um moving on to the fires they did nothing chuck Fletcher's a joke he's a fucking joke he's an embarrassment he's, he's the worst gm he's the by like a like country mile it's like if you still had Jamarcus Russell as your quarterback, like in 2023, and just had let him be your quarterback for 15 years. And that's it's all you did. Ridiculous. You have anything more to say about them? Um, God, God help those fans. Mm-hmm. I would check out if that was the Blues and they had Chuck Fletcher running them, and he just he was as inept as he is now, I think I'd literally just like check out for a while. I'm like, eh, I'm, I don't have time for this. Like, yep. if you're not going to like try. I just don't care. Yeah. I mean, if we had a podcast <coughs> for a team that was managed by Chuck Fletcher and you can quit this or when we sign him after Doug Armstrong is <sighs> fired, um, we might end it. I might, that might be it. I might yeah. not have the time. At the very least, be I on love, hiatus. 
I love doing this podcast, but it does take several hours of work a week, you know, and it's not worth it. (laughs) I would, I would, if we did it, I would openly be like this, we're posting this and we're like tagging everyone at because we're actively trying to get the community to get this guy fired. We're like, this has become a movement. This is a movement. The two guys, one movement podcast. (laughs) Dmitry Kulikov, uh, Nick Bonino, Michael Granlund, all went to the Penguins and they finally traded Teddy Bluger, heartbreaking to the Vegas Golden Knights. Any thoughts on the Penguins? Mm. My my boss, who's a Penguins fan, said something yesterday that I thought was hilarious along the lines of they're getting pretty hot, they're gelling, they'll be, you know, they'll be perfect, perfectly in line to get swept by the Bruins in the first round. And I was like, it, yeah, that feels it's right. so true. They're a first round team easy. I mean, how could they not be? The Bruins are in their path, potentially, like they're doomed. And that's fine. That's okay. It's fine to be doomed. It's fine. You're fine. You're doomed. And that's all right. But just admit it. Um, The Sharks did a lot of stuff, most of which we've already talked about. Uh, The biggest thing was the Timo Meyer deal. Their rebuild continues. The Kraken did nothing. The Tampa Bay Lightning did the Tanner Durno thing. That was disgraceful. Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's just quickly recap everything they did because boy, mm-hmm. boy, is it desperate. We don't even have one here. The trade for Ryan O'Reilly, which cost them a first round pick, a second round pick, and a third round pick, along as well as some bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they traded uh, for Luke Shin at the cost of a third round pick. They traded a third round pick. Uh, they got they got a third round pick, excuse me, for Pierre Ingvall. Um, they got a first round pick in a change for Rasmus Sandin uh, and Eric Gustafsson, and then who I believe is expensive and not good. And then uh, they traded another first round pick, a second round pick, and uh, Pavel Gogolev and Joey Anderson to the Blackhawks for Joe Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty. This is a team that obviously. This is why you should never let a GM manage on the last year of his contract, in my opinion, because uh, he just said, fuck it. He just straight up said, fuck it. And they have a first round pick this year. They have a first round pick next year. So it's not like they're totally doomed, but they have no second, third or fourth round pick this year or a seventh. They have no second pick next year and they don't have their own third and in 2025 which by the way could be after austin matthews has left this team they might not even be good in 2025 and 2025 john Tavares's contract will be up uh, before the 2025 draft as will mitch marner's that's a totally different team potentially that you're looking at they have no first or second or fourth round pick so you know, you can you can say what you will about loading up, but this considering that their only goal is to escape the first round, not even win a Stanley Cup, but escape the first round, considering that their goaltenders are Ilya Samsonov and M- Matt Murray, um, who's injured right now. Uh, I just, man, I, I don't know. I mean, we love to hate on the Maple Leafs, but today it feels especially just. <laughs> I mean, good for Dubas to be like, I'm I want to go all in. Um, this is I think the most he's done to help his team in his whole tenure, at least you know, when it comes to trade deadline. So like that's new and exciting for them. It's just yeah, when you put all those eggs in a basket, and again, they haven't even made it out of the first round since 2004. You're just hoping you can do that, but now you've almost set it up to be like if you make <laughs> it out of the first round and losing the second round, it's still like 
a colossal failure just because you gave up so much. You pretty much set it up to be like, we got to at least be Eastern Conference, like finals guys, like we have to, to make mm -hmm. this worth it. Um, and that's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, O'Reilly, I think is a really good ad for them. McCabe, sure. Like, I guess, because, you know, their defense isn't terrible to start with. So, like, I don't know that you mm -hmm. necessarily needed them. I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting. <clears throat> I think their goaltending is really suspect. Even though Samson always played really well recently, like, you can't play Murray. Like, you just can't. Like, he's not been terrible for them, but he's injured and he's injury prone and he's looked the worst of the two they have. And their backup mm -hmm. would be like Joseph Wall, who's played just a handful of NHL games, but like hasn't played any NHL playoff games. So, like, it's just a lot to load on your, your goaltending, especially. If you're playing, or we know they're playing like Tampa in the first round, like you're going to put Samsonov versus Vasilevsky. Like, I don't know who I'm picking. That's, yeah. I mean, I agree. It's not a good situation, um, but that's the situation they're in. The Canucks did a lot. I think we talked about everything so far. The Golden Knights got quick at the end of all that. Got Teddy Bluger, got Ivan Barbashev, got the shea weber contract off their books <laughs> um pretty good deadline for the golden knights i feel like mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think they're probably the number one or number two team in the west mm -hmm. like right now like they're the team i could see easily making it through the west in the stanley mm -hmm. cup final which is uh pretty good for them for a team that didn't make the playoffs last year um yeah love to see uh, i think logan thompson will be back in time and everything so it'll just be it'll be interesting to see if how and if or what they do with jonathan quick yeah yeah i mean obviously um logan thompson and laurent brassois are both on injured reserve and logan thompson's been really good this year so hopefully they get him back but um i would think quick's your starter for right now over aiden hill so mm -hmm. I have to watch. This is also a team too that they have traded a lot of assets in their time, but right now they have a first and a two thirds this year, a first and a second next year, and all their picks other than the seventh and twenty twenty five. So they've kind of come back around. I would imagine their prospect pool still isn't all that good, and they did just trade another one of their top prospects to us. But um, you know they're being managed pretty well and they probably have a pretty good healthy long-term future at this point which seemed unlikely uh at some times mm -hmm. the capitals moved eller uh got rasmus sanding which was a nice pick pick up they still had their own first round pick they traded marcus johansson they got rid of dimitri orloff and garnet hathaway and the jets got nino niederreiter and vladislav nemeskinikov and that is every trade that happened uh, in the NHL over the last week or so. Any kind of final thoughts on any of that, Ian, before we move on out of here? Um, I am going to be much more interested in the Eastern Conference this year, playoff-wise, mm -hmm. like any of their matchups, just because they're just going to be so much more uh, high intensity, I feel like, with all the talent that got moved um, over there. Like a lot, I think there is a list somewhere put, some put together, but like all your big um names pretty much got moved from the west to the east and mm -hmm. the west is decidedly weaker 
sure there'll still be some fun matchups, but I'm definitely more into Leafs Lightning, um, even Bruins, whoever they play, the Devils and the Rangers. Like, it's just going to be a dogfight over there. Mm-hmm. And as far as the Blues, yeah, it's we're not used to being in this spot, but it's going to be, I think it's like 21, 20 games where they have left. It's just going to be evaluation time, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody like Vrana looks really good for the last 20 games or, or Kapanen, you just feel a lot better about next season. Um, maybe Preco or Krug plays really well and gets that, you know, trade value up there. See, see what they can do in the summertime. But yeah, it'll be, it'll be an interesting transition, not only for the team, but for fans. Yeah, definitely. Um, and what and you should that's... transition over to is watching I love it. St. Louis City because this team going to go to the moon, baby. Want to know. They're going to be 2-0 after tonight. Charlotte sucks ass from what I'm told, from what the analysts have told me. Um, I'm predicting what? I'm predicting a 9-4 scoreline tonight because <laughs> I know soccer and 9-4 is something that can happen. Um, They're technically... Yes, technically that's technically, technically they won't stop the game. <laughs> uh, they will still let them play. Um, Klaus, big Klaus, Klaus fans, Klaus stands, mm-hmm. Roman Berkey. Uh, what's that guy, German guy's name who I can't pronounce his name? Levin. 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 Uh-huh. So just sound like a just sound like an idiot when I say his name, and that's right. Levin. That's He's right. great. He's DP. Yeah. Fantastic. First, this is the first game in the in City Park tonight. It's gonna be bonkers. As the kids say, it's gonna be a movie. Apparently, that's what the kids say these days. I mean, movies can be bad. So, like, you know, you gotta specify. It's gonna be a great movie. It's gonna be fantastic. It's gonna be everything everywhere all at once. Um, go watch it. But yeah, I'm psyched. I'm psyched for that. Sorry, folks. You know, hockey, hockey's over. It's over now. That's right. We already have a soccer podcast, though, so we don't need to cancel this one. We just won't record a new episode for six weeks. Just That's kidding, right. folks. We're back. We never stop. We never stop. Cats have nine lives, and they got a lot of podcasts listening time. And That's, That's right. what we're here for, baby. So we will be back next week with an update on how Jacob Brana looks as a St. Louis Blue, how uh, Joe Klaus looks as a St. Louis cityite, a, a metropolitan, a, a citizen. There we go, a St. Louis citizen. Oh, no. And we will talk to you all very, very soon. Have a great day or night or whatever. So, goodbye. Thank you.